welcome to another new edition of T Watches a Scary Movie. I, of course, am T, and we're talking scary movies. I appreciate y'all tuning in once again for a new episode here. Wednesdays on our YouTube page. You can find that page that you're watching right here. And this is where you want to get subscribed to because this is where we're going to upload new episodes every Wednesday at 8.30 p.m. Mountain Standard Time. So if you want to catch those new episodes, make sure you're going to that link to catch them every Wednesday again, 8.30 p.m. MST. And also make sure you are going to the Facebook page right here as this is where you can get all the information on our weekly watch parties that we do. You know that we do watch parties every Wednesday after the new episode. We typically watch a movie that has to do with what we talked about in the episode itself. So last week we actually watched the 1999 version of The Mummy. And this week after tonight's episode, we are going to watch the Tom Cruise version of The Mummy. Yes, I know I said we would watch Van Helsing. But I actually think it's very important that a lot of people see the Tom Cruise version of The Mummy just so you can understand how truly, 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 truly awful that movie really is. So this is going to be your chance uh, to check that out. Um, but I appreciate everybody tuning in. Uh, we have the second part of my interview with the host of Mia Has Questionable Taste, Nia Travers, my good friend. Uh, we have the second part of the episode of uh, that interview coming up for y'all right now, where we're discussing the horror works of one Mr. Stephen Summers. So we're talking Deep Rising, The Mummy, and Van Helsing. Yes, talking those three movies with my good friend Nia. Just want to remind y'all that make sure you're coming back Saturday, and you got to go to the Facebook group to get the information. Our Saturday night watch party is back. We took a week off this past week to recharge, refuel a little bit, and now we're back. We got a great lineup. We're starting season two of Todd McFarlane's Spawn. We're continuing some Black Mirror. We got more Are You Afraid of the Dark, Tales from the Crypt. We're going to keep the stand going. And now that we're done with Creep Show, we're going to add in some Hannibal. So super excited on that one. Um, it is interesting, though, because we'll be done with the stand here in just a, a few weeks. So I'm still trying to figure out what's going to take the place of that. We might end up throwing a movie in there. Uh, we might just go and do some other stuff. But uh, we also had some fun a couple weeks ago doing our Snick Saturday night. In addition to our typical horror stuff, we did it like it was a 90s Saturday. And we brought back all of our old shows from old school Nickelodeon. We're going to start doing that once a month, I think, and have some fun taking it back to the 90s. But not only that, because I love the 90s, 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 and the early 2000s, we're going to try doing some late night comedy nights as well, too. So we're going to take it back, do some things like some cartoons like Dexter's Lab, Cow and Chicken, The Powerpuff Girls. Then we're going to add in like Space Ghost, Coast to Coast, Undergrads, Insomniac with David Tell. We're going to have a bunch of stuff coming for you. I'll let y'all know when that's coming up. But... Meanwhile, let's get back to my interview with the host of Mia Has Questionable Taste, Miss Nia Travers. Again, we are discussing the works of Mr. Stephen Summers. Here it is. And then the roof caves in. Oh. And so it's good. at the same time, it's at the same time that the guy is like going like, he's like telling him in uh, Egypt, he's telling him in Egypt to like, like quicker, faster. And he's telling yes. the dig workers and then the dig workers get a The surprise. acid trap. Yeah. Yes. <laughs> Oh, so good. Oh, that makes me like, I, I swear to God, y'all, like we, we talk about a lot of great movies on this show and stuff, but there is never a day where putting the mummy on is not a good idea. That is such a good 
movie and the scares are real and it's it's so fun to think about that because it makes me all the more excited again just to experience all that stuff another time so yeah. so good ah and it's um, a movie that's aged well like even yeah. with the it's great I, and I think part of that too, honestly, is because of the fact that it's not a modern setting. It is set, you know, back in what, the 30s, 2030s, something like that. Yeah, you know? something like that. And I think that, I, I think you're right. Like, you know, it, it's aged so well. And part of that is because of that setting, because, you know, it was set in modern day. I don't know, like it would still be good. If they told this story in modern day, I'm sure it could still be really well done. But I just feel there's there's no way for it to be as effective as it is you know, back in, back in the old days, basically, you know? Yeah, exactly. I think the other thing that was good was, like, the app, the casting choices was, like, especially with um, Ardith Bay as Omar Yusuf. Uh, 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 Odair Fair, yeah. As, Thank uh, you. As, I was as, way I got, off course with I got you. You right. I'm you sorry. Right. <laughs> but, like, that was such a great casting choice. And, yeah. and like, they actually chose really funny actors they 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 just did great casting choices in that and they yeah. didn't have terrible accents which is kind of what killed van helsing yeah and it's funny because i was i wanted to talk about the cast of these movies as well too but you're absolutely right i mean you know rachel weiss uh who you know still hadn't made her made her big name in hollywood as of yet there yeah jonathan hyde who was probably to be honest like the biggest profile actor um as a part of that cast as one of one of the uh he was working with the americans but he wasn't american though is the thing yeah um yeah, John Hanna, who played Jonathan. Uh, we'd already talked Odair Fair. Uh, Arnold Vuslu, who uh, at that time, the only thing that I, and I'm sure a lot of people knew him from, was Dark Man 2, where he took over for Liam Neeson. Um, and then Brendan Fraser, which, America's sweetheart, man. That guy is so awesome. And it's so interesting because you mentioned George of the Jungle, which was his, that was his break. That is, like, I have to solely believe that is the reason why he actually got this role is because that's such a fun and funny movie that did wonders for him. And he, he had some things in the nineties. I mean, we, uh, we talked about it, you know, he had Encino Man and he had um, uh, uh, Airheads and he had a bunch of other really good things. And then he does George of the Jungle, which is really what put him in a lot of people's uh, a lot of people's eyes, because uh, right. a lot of people didn't see a lot of these other ones he did. But uh, George of the Jungle was the one that did it for him. But he's not an action star. That's that's thing is that Brendan Fraser was not an action star, and then he does this, and he's still not an action star, which is kind of the funniest thing about it. Because usually that's what happens is that you do one of these like one of these films, it works out so well, and you go on to do that, but. My man stood stood tough and kept doing comedies after this. Now. I know that was what's so crazy about it, especially because he did do his stunts in there. And so yeah. when they hang him in oh. that movie, he almost died in real life. Yeah. Like, he and, lost consciousness and they had to resuscitate him. Like, <laughs> And what's so funny about it, too, is that like after he did that like he had uh he, he had what uh blast from the past he had like bedazzled uh, uh monkey bone uh that looney tunes movie like yeah. all those movies like that, and yeah and he did like uh all, all those like all the other mummy movies sure but it's so interesting because once we see him in george of the jungle and you see him in the mummy you're gonna have a hard time convincing us that he's like a dweeb or that he's not like somebody that women are into or that he's not just like this strapping like hero basically and 
every other movie he did was making him that. And I was like, you got like these are good movies, but you got to be fucking kidding me if you gonna if you want me to believe that this guy's having a hard time getting girls, having a hard time like just being like the big guy and everything. Come on, come perfect on. example of that. Dudley Do Right. Yes, I almost forgot about that. Him and Sarah Jessica Parker, right? Yes, oh, yes. It's, oh man! Oh my God! Like, yeah, they turned him into such a dork in that movie. And you're coming off of the Mummy, and you're just like, Mm-mm. Ugh. uh-uh. This like, where'd you go? Where'd you go? <laughs> and okay. you mentioned it. But the cast of Van Helsing, obviously, we have a we have Hugh Jackman, who I be, I want to say this came out right after X Men Two, because that that's when like X Men was blowing up. Because X Men One is a great movie. I've soured on X Men Two in recent years, um, but that's the big one. Yes. And then after that, everyone's trying to do their own thing. So he does Van Helsing. So of course, you know, this is supposed to be another big franchise for him. We get a uh, Kate Beckinsale who. I think this was still prior to Underworld I, by maybe a year, maybe a year yeah. or two, um, yeah. who has a horrible, horrible, horrible accent in this film. It's so bad. It's so it's bad. So bad. Uh, it's like she's talking with a sock full of pennies in her mouth. Uh, like, I understand. That, you know what? That sounded more clearer than she it, did in that fucking it, film. It, oh, God. <laughs> uh-uh. um, you have Richard, Richard Roxburgh, uh, who I mentioned yesterday, um, most people probably don't realize what they recognize him from, but he actually played the bad guy in Moulin Rouge, the guy that wanted uh, Nicole Kidman's Satine character. The redhead uh, creep. Oh, yeah, the <laughs> creep, all right. And how we're talking about, like, uh, Brendan Fraser playing this action hero, and then suddenly he's, like, just this geek in these other films. Same thing with this guy. This dude was a loser in Moulin Rouge, which is the only other thing I've seen him in that I can recall off the top of my head. He's this weaselly little asshole in that film. And suddenly he's the cat's pajamas in Van Helsing. Yeah. He's, we're supposed to believe he's this sexy and sultry and seductive. He's not Dracula. at all, which is why it's so bad. Because like it implies, it implies that him and the brides, who are beautiful women, by the way. They are. are are like there is something about him that even though he like treats him terrible he treats him terrible he like flat out states he can't feel emotion he has the worst mullet i've ever seen in my life it's so bad so bad somehow matter of fact him every night i i actually after you mentioned it i had to recall because it's like wait a minute i feel like i've actually seen this hairstyle before and i fucking have (laughs) <laughs> I, I don't know if you ever saw it. Sci-fi, uh, back in the day, I think it was the late 90s or early 2000s, had this show called Lex on it. It was around the same time that like Farscape and shit was on. Nobody remembers it at all. It was this highly sexualized show that Sci-Fi did, and that's how they sold it and stuff. But one of the lead characters, who was also not human, and they make like the whole running joke through the series that he can't feel emotions or anything either, has the same goddamn hairstyle as Dracula. <laughs> and I'm convinced somebody had to watch that show and say, yeah, that's what the ladies want right there. I mean, they love this guy in this show. So obviously, ladies are going to love that on Dracula too. And it's They stupid. were like, bring mullet back. So today. <laughs> and then uh, Deep Rising, we get um, we get Treat Williams. We get uh, Famke Jensen. We get like Wes Studi. Uh, we have uh, Jaiman Hansu. We have a whole cast of Jason Fleming's in there. Uh, yeah. There's a whole cast of people in that movie. So good though. So good. Such a good cast. 
it is a good cast and I think that's like kind of where he I don't know there was just something something off-putting about the cast of Van Helsing versus like other the like Deep Rising you have Kevin J. O'Connor right and then you have Funky Johnson and like everybody in that movie of Deep Rising is kind of like kind of a either like a a neutral evil or just like a straight like chaotic evil there's nobody really on like the the lawful good or like neutral side of the spectrum they're all like very firmly in like the the neutral evil or the chaotic evil section right and uh what i thought was really interesting was just that that cast worked really well together like even though it's kevin j o'connor playing like kevin j o'connor in that movie (laughs) like because I feel like he only has one voice and it's high pitched and like very scared. <laughs> he's, he's so interesting to me because I feel like in Deep Rising, he looks like an actual human being. He looks like, th- to be real about it, not that he's like this big muscly dude, but he kind of looks like this tall, like brutish kind of guy in Deep Rising. Whereas you see him in The Mummy and then like um, another Stephen Summers film, he did G.I. Joe because he wasn't G.I. Joe as Dr. Mindbender. Like he's just like this small scrawny kind of guy. And I always wonder if it's like, is it because he's next to people who are just like gigantic in these other films that he looks so small? And does that mean in Deep Rising, all these like big buff mercenaries and shit aren't as big as they actually look like they are? that's all I could think like because he like that's what struck me as well I was was like god it's like it's really his voice that pops out to you in that movie where you're like oh shit oh shit that's Betty from the mummy so (laughs) so it has to be like he's so skinny in the mummy or he can make him deliberately look skinny in the mummy I think Mm -hmm. I'm not sure so that's a good point though but that's an example of a guy who like looks like a completely different human being in in two different movies i'm still not sure how they managed to make that work but deep rising's cast was great like they had like they went for the camp i think was the thing they were like we get this is kind of campy or maybe they weren't trying to make it campy and it worked out well that way either way though right yeah exactly because the dialogue is like super pithy like it's hilarious they're always cracking jokes at each other and I think that's what makes that movie work is like it's not it's like scary shit happening scary shit happening scary shit happening some funny ass dialogue and it kind of like lets you like there's there is that crust of you're traveling on the roller coaster and then you go down and like there's still humor you know what I mean yeah whereas like in Van Helsing everybody is so serious all the time except for the friar right yeah and you oh man you you actually you're you're jarring some stuff for me because you know you're talking about like in deep rising how everybody is either like they're they're neutral evil or chaotic evil um and then even like in the mummy which we've discussed the fact that you know we can't ignore the fact that they're grave robbing that is the entire right. point of this movie is that all this bad shit happenings because you're you're literally trying to rob the treasures of an ancient egyptian city yeah um, but what's kind of interesting about it is that both in deep rising and in the mummy that all these characters are still uh, like trying to like trying to be good people somewhat you know like in yeah. deep rising 
like everybody's trying to do bad things, but at the end of it all, they're still trying to do the right thing when it all comes down to it. Like, yeah, they're trying to rob the ship. Uh, they're trying to, you know, that's what everybody's goal is to rob this damn ship, but they all eventually are doing the right thing. And the mummy, even, even at the end, after everything that happens, O'Connell still tries to save Benny at the end of the movie. And it's yeah. like, that's honorable as well. Of course, he's the hero, so he's going to do that. But Benny has tried to murder him multiple, multiple times. times. Multiple, multiple times. times. Yeah. And he still tries to save his ass now, which is. And there's like a compressing thing coming down. And he's like, Benny, 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 yeah. Benny. Come on. And the problem with those, and I, I just feel that like, it's more what went wrong with Van Helsing is that. I don't feel any of those characters, except for the Friar, are likable. Van Helsing is an asshole throughout that entire movie. Like, yes. and I get it, that's supposed to be his character. Like, oh, I've been fighting like all these different kinds of monsters and beasts for the longest time. So nobody else can do it. I'm the guy, like, if you're not doing it my way, it's not the right way. I get that. But then he doesn't let that go. It's like, dude, you are out of your league right now. You've gotten your ass kicked multiple times. People are getting killed. Freaking Anna's about to get, uh, that's her name too, is Anna, I yes, believe. Yes, it is. Yeah, it is. We, we had this whole thing yesterday. We couldn't figure out what the hell her name was. Um, uh, like Anna ends, ends up getting killed and everything. And it's like, dude, you're just an asshole in this movie. And so is your supporting cast. Like at least Dracula's like man enough to own the fact that he's just evil and shit. The rest yeah, he's like, I just... feel no emotion or pain. Like yeah. I feel nothing. It's <laughs> like, yeah, I, it's like, yep, I'm an asshole. Sure, that's, that's me. Surprise, you know? Yeah. Everybody else is just like trying to put on a front like they're good people. It's like, you're not good people. You're not good people. They're not. And that's what drives me nuts about that movie is because like I was watching it last night and there's a part like where Van Helsing, like Anna gets, she gets kidnapped by Dracula, right? Mm -hmm. And so like the friar flat out tells Van Helsing, he's like, well, I hate to say it. Like, I hate to say it. I know you later, but like, Frankenstein's monster here is really what's like what he needs what he needs yeah. so let's focus on the task at hand like you focus on and we'll formulate a plan to get her or she's just a lost cause like I hate to say it like yeah. which is hard to hear so like the friar is like making this good point and Ben Helsing's like nah man I'm gonna say it. I'm gonna let's make go. it podcast PG-13 <laughs> but Van Helsing's like but the dick. Yep. <laughs> Girl, we, we are rated up in here. It's, it's okay to admit Van Helsing wanted some pussy. That that is that is the real right there. It is the worst motivation in the world. Because even O'Connell in, in the in the mummy, like his end game is not to actually like get like get with Evie. Like his whole goal was still the treasure hunting. That was exactly yeah. like that was it until like they raised uh, Emotep. And then after raising Emotep, he didn't even want to stop Emotep. Like there's that whole thing where they get back to uh, get back to the hotel bar and everything. And he's trying to leave. He's like, we're getting out of here now. And he and, puts her over his shoulder and he's uh, like, she's arguing. She's like, but we have a civic duty. And he's like, we have no civic duty. He wants you. We're going to make sure that you are not accessible to him. Uh, like, it's so good. God damn it. This is make it just makes me like the movie even more because it's like, he's not even like, like they don't even try to make him like, oh, he's just the hero to be a hero. It's like, no, he's a sensible person. Like that's a fucking supernatural being. We are leaving now. Right, I and his thing that. is real. Cause like people make the argument, well, why didn't he care about the Americans and he sent an American to watch it? They did not know yet 
that he, Imhotep, was fucking consuming the life forces of the Americans. They had no idea about that. They were just like, something happened to this guy over here in the tomb, and now he has no eyes or tongue. Yep. And that's all we know about it. Like, so he was being reasonable. He's like, I just know that the mummy wants you, Evie, and so we're going to, like, protect you, Evie. From the mummy yeah and then once and then once it becomes like clear that he wants the americans he's also like okay well, we're gonna protect the americans too we're gonna bring the americans underneath yep. my little mama bird wing and we're yes, gonna protect gotta help but helsing is just like he leaves frankenstein's monster and then he's like surprised fucking pikachu <laughs> when dracula gets the monster <sighs> and even then all of a sudden he tries to act like he's like so good and his motivations are so pure because like the friar is like well the vatican says we should just kill frankenstein's monster because that's like gonna be the least path of resistance and he's like but he's a human he has feelings and it's like motherfucker he's not gonna live a normal life (laughs) you literally just left his ass to go follow the punani over there like don't up about that nonsense you can't Good pretend Lord. now that that was your motivation because yeah and, and what oh uh, what kills me about this and we discussed it yesterday is that um it was lost on me until recently that they very well and i have nothing to support this but they very well could have been leading to some kind of crossover between the mummy and van helsing because as you pointed out and as we know if you've seen the movie there is no mention there's no reference to any mummy in in, in the, that film at all but presumably if he spot dracula the wolfman uh, uh, uh you know and frankenstein's monster was featured that means any sequel would have to hit the other monsters in there which presumably would lead us to a mummy and yeah. It's like, damn, I wish, I, I I so wish that could have been a film that happened because Rick O'Connell would have put fucking Van Helsing to shame, man. I that know. would have been done. Done, done, done. He would have been like, you're an idiot. You're terrible at your job. Like, <laughs> I got this. Let me handle this shit now. All right. You got this. My wife is like the reincarnation of a Pharaoh's daughter. Like, <laughs> we're good. We, we got this. Yeah. We got this. Even our friend, even our friend over there, even our friend Artith over there. Has more. Sorry. Can... Uh, Jonathan so... over here has more more gumption than you do, Van Helsing. Yeah. I hate to. I feel like I'm just knocking Van Helsing, but it's. I, tried. I don't I tried. feel bad about it, only because we. I mean, we have said good things about two other films Stephen Summers have done. Yes. And clearly, Hugh Jackman isn't hurting for roles. He's had a great career, you know, post X Men even, and even during X Men, he's had a great career. Um, yeah. So I, I feel it's fair to rip on it. There's there's a reason why nobody really talks about Van Helsing anymore. There, there's a reason behind that. Yeah. That hat he wears is also god-awful too. That is a horrible fucking hat. Oh, it's so bad. It's the tiniest <laughs> little, the tiniest little top I've ever seen to a hat. Ugh. Ugh. It's awful. Super tiny. Yeah, but... I don't know. Steven Summers is really good. He does have a, like a great directorial style. Like if you watch all those movies, there's great visual shots in those movies. Even in Van Helsing, you can't like argue that there's not great shots. In yeah, those and 
even more than that, honestly, what I think is so interesting is that you can tell, and you mentioned it, you mentioned it with uh with Deep Rising for sure, but I kind of feel like you can tell that his actors have a great time on his sets. That yes. no matter what the end result ultimately is, is that it seems like everybody's having a great time working on his movies, honestly. Yeah, yeah. Like I would definitely say he is not the kind of it doesn't seem like he has a toxic workplace on yeah. his set because like the actors seem to really love what they're doing. Um and they're just there to have a good time. Like, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. there's, there's a great undercurrent of energy when you watch those movies. Like, yeah, the actors came to play. And it, it's so interesting, too, because he uses a lot of the same people. Like, we've talked about Kevin J. O'Connor, which is, um, he, you know, he appeared in uh, Deep Rising and The Mummy, and he's in G.I. Joe as well. But, you know, Brendan Fraser, I, I actually let you know this yesterday, Brendan Fraser is actually in G.I. Joe as well, too, with Arnold Booslew, too. And none of them share screen time together, which would have been hilarious to have made that happen. But in the context oh of that God. movie, it doesn't work. But um, it, what's weird is that he hasn't made a movie in a while. His last film was actually the film Odd Thomas with Anton Yelchin. I don't know if you saw that one. I haven't seen it yet. I bought it, which is going to sound so terrible. And I just I love the book, so I have no doubt that I'll love the movie. I, I never read the books at all. Um, I, I matter of fact, I watched this because uh, it came out in 2013 and I watched it um, just randomly because I was looking for something random on Netflix to watch. And it's not bad because I absolutely love Anton Yelchin. So I'll give anything, uh, anything a try that he was in, you know, rest in peace. Yeah. Um, but it, it's so interesting that he hasn't really done anything since then. And I, I really wonder if he's retired or it's just that he hasn't been offered anything. And we talk a lot about sequels. Uh, we, we talked a lot about that in our previous recording. Um, the Mummy ended up having multiple sequels. You know, The Mummy Returns, uh, The Mummy, Tomb of the Dragon Emperor. Uh, they did uh, The Scorpion King and the various Scorpion King sequels. Um, Van Helsing obviously was set up to be a franchise film and Deep Rising was just a one-off, you know, and I, I've told you about my fun, my fun but sequel. They feel they were, they feel like they wanted a sequel with that, you know yeah. what I mean? Like maybe not the same cast, but definitely <laughs> wanted to revisit that world again. <laughs> yeah. So, um, man, this has been, this has been really, really good conversation, Nia. Uh, if you have any last thoughts on any of these three films, what would they be? If there's anything, I guess you could sum up about these three films that you would say to our listeners and viewers out there, what would that be about? I would say that if I had anything to sum up about these films, obviously The Mummy is great, but Deep Rising seems to be the one that like not a, a lot of people have watched. And I think it just, it was because it like had a bad release schedule. I think it came out at the same time as like another like another blockbuster movie. So it was just like a Sounds box right. office bomb. Mm -hmm. uh, watch it. You can freaking find it on YouTube. Yes, for free. you can too. Yes, you, you can. can find it on YouTube for free. And I really think that if you go in expecting like, if you liked Alien Resurrection, oh, you God. will literally love Deep Rising. Actually, I can't say, oh God, because Alien Resurrection is actually a lot of fun. I used to Thank like you. be down. That's a fun movie though. It's there's so many parallels and he deliberately says like he did parallels to that movie like they're both on a ship one's a spaceship one's a like one's a watership so yep. you you're trapped in the confines in the confines of the ship there's monsters you don't see the monsters for like a good part of the movie like you know what i mean yeah you have like a strong group of mercenaries attempting to make their way 
off the ship. Yep. Right? And then you have like terrible people who who were part of the ship and who were part of the ship's demise. So like Damn, there are some parallels in there. That's real. That's real. And there's an underwater scene in both of them. All right, we have to talk about that. We have to talk about that. We can't skip that. Um, so Nia mentions that. Let's set up Alien Resurrection first, though, really quickly, because this is a better way to go into it. Um, if you haven't seen Alien Resurrection, which you should watch, because um, in 2021, I think we can all admit that the, all the Alien movies are actually much better than anybody gives them credit for, at least the later ones. Like, of course, everybody yeah. loves Alien and Aliens, but Alien 3 and Alien Resurrection got so much hate back in the day to where I feel we're now in the era where people realize those are actually good movies. They're actually, fun, like, well, good, but they're still enjoyable films. And in yeah. Alien Resurrection, there is a scene to where they got to get to the bridge, they got to get there in order to get off the ship, and the only way to do that is to go under this flooded section. They have to dive and they have to make it across. I forget how long it is, but they have to dive and swim across this entire long ass section that's all yes. flooded while there are aliens in the fucking water. It is actually an amazing scene. If if you watch Alien Resurrection for one, one thing, watch that. That scene is terrifying and it's so, so good. And he does it with Deep Rising. Again, same thing happens. The characters get to a point in the ship to where we can't go any further. If we go back, we're going to monster land, basically. It's either we're taking a dive and taking a chance on it or toast, basically. Yep. And And go, go. (laughs) It makes it 10 times more like insane because in Alien Resurrection, they know what's behind them and they dive into the water, but they don't see... They don't see that the the xenomorphs are like on their ass, you know what yes. I mean? But it ups the ante in Deep Rising because they are all like, "Well, we're gonna we're gonna try to do this smart, and we're gonna send one person into the water first to like scope it out." Mm-hmm. And they're they're all sitting there waiting, yep. like do 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 do. What's going on? And all of a sudden, they turn around and look back, and it's like the walls are caving but. in. <laughs> Yep. And they're like, oh. And then they see like the tentacle like swirling at them. And they're like, oh fuck. We, we gotta go for a swim. Like uh, and we talked about it, which I love it. And I, I need to hear from you viewers. Comment if you ever do this. Me and Nia both do, so we do know it. we're not crazy. Do you ever watch scenes like that? Like in this, Alien Resurrection, the Poseidon Adventure, whatever, where characters have to go underwater. Do you hold your breath for that to see if you could survive this? Because we do. Me and Nia absolutely do that. Yeah, I would die. I would I would be dead. God. Like halfway through, God. like halfway through, I'm like, I can't do it anymore. <laughs> they got like freaking Olympic breathers down there and shit now <laughs> that are holding their breath for like all eternity. I'm like, bro, I got like 30 seconds and we're done with this right now, okay? And then if I'm swimming, maybe less. <laughs> like they're swimming so fast too. They're like yeah. fucking mer people in the water. They're like, yeah, yeah, I'm an Olympic swimmer. And you're just like, uh, uh um the most realistic by the way ha- did you ever did you ever watch uh the poseidon adventure remake poseidon with kurt russell in it i did i did oh, 
I I enjoyed that their underwater scene in that so much because they have a very realistic reaction to it happening. Uh, one of the characters when they're swimming underwater um, gets caught up like in wires and stuff like that. She freaks out and immediately tries to go to the surface, which results in her death, basically. Um, and I was like, that is the most realistic I've seen like a scene like this do because that's most of us. Like, oh fuck, I don't know where I'm going, I don't know where I'm going, and just try to go up and then you know you're dead basically. Yeah. Um, but what catches me, both in like Deep Rising and now even in Alien Resurrection, because I'm thinking back, is that in both of those films, one character, once they notice that the monster is there or the xenomorphs are there, screams underwater. Clearly yes. giving away any oxygen that they have at that point. As like, oh, so that's it. That's a wrap, right? Like that person drowned like five seconds later, right? No. Yeah. They still make it another 30, 45 seconds. Like, no, that's not that's not real life. That's not real life. I'm just all. like, how? How? You just now you got all the water in your lungs. Like, you should be dead. Yep. Come oh. on. <laughs> I have terrible lungs. You have terrible lungs. Let's be eaten by this creek. Let's be a snack together. Come yep. on. <laughs> Don't go nowhere. Oh you, man. You're dead. You're dead. <laughs> Real life says you should be dead. Which... Yeah. Ah, Nia, it has been so much fun having you here, getting to talk about yeah. the works of Stephen Summers. Um, and a treat for all of you tonight, uh, because um, we are, uh, this is obviously part two of a uh, two-part episode here, um, but we have two great watch parties. If you were watching uh, last week when you're catching this, we actually did The Mummy. So we watched uh, the 1999 Mummy with Brendan Fraser. Awesome, awesome film. And if you're tuning in tonight, we are going to give a go to Van Helsing, just because we've watched <laughs> Deep Rising on a watch party before, back in our Halloween day watch party. It's time to throw in Van Helsing, because we got to watch bad movies at some time. Tune in, see if you think it's as bad as you remember it. Is it better than what you remember? We got to know, but you got to tune in. Nia, thank you so much for joining us today on TN Friends Watch a Scary Movie. Thank you for having me. Of course. Uh, what is coming up? What can we expect on Nia has questionable taste in the future. So I'm trying to, somehow it's turned into me just like discussing B horror movies. So upcoming in the future, we're gonna be having some non-horror movies coming your way, probably yeah. some actions. Um, but I'm gonna like go a little bit off track and I'm gonna actually do a Japanese action movie that is one of the greatest films I think of all time and just got like, never got released over here and now it's it's really sad because uh they came out with the hunger games and so everybody will just look at it and think that it's like a knockoff of the hunger games which isn't fair because it's been out since 2000 and the hunger games came out yeah way longer and that's battle royale so i'm really excited to do that so uh that's gonna be one of my favorites um I'm gonna go a little bit more, a little bit harder into that B movie genre. Uh, gonna start off with Krampus for my new stuff, yeah. which is gonna be great. Yeah. Um, I like to do a lot of trivia. I'm like a trivia girl. I've been finding it really interesting to see how these movies were made because just because you think a movie is terrible doesn't mean that there wasn't some like really, really amazing story. production teams working yeah. on it. And so, so that's what I'm hoping to give. Just give like a little insight into these movies convince more people to watch movies that they might think are 
really, really bad because it seems like the jury is still out. It seems like I still have terrible taste in movies. <laughs> I, so far, I disagree with you there. I mean, Krumpus is is one of my all time favorites. That is a that has been a Christmas staple since it came out, you know, a few years back, honestly. And Mike Doherty, who made that film, like all of his other stuff is so good, too. Like he did Trick or Treat, which is yeah. so good. Um, he did Godzilla King of the Monsters recently, which gets a lot of crap. But my God, if you watch that movie in 4K on a big screen, that is the fucking jam right there now. Too. The monster fights in it are so <sighs> amazing. Which speaking of monsters, did you see the Kong versus Godzilla trailer? I didn't. I didn't. What? I was going to watch it this morning before we started this podcast. And then oh, I was like, no. I'm going to watch it after. I am so excited. I've heard. I've heard that. I heard Kong has an axe. I'm not sure yep. if he gave him an axe that big. <laughs> he probably crafted it himself because he is a very intelligent ape. That's right. That's right. No monkey am, business here. Mm-mm. I am so excited for it. I'm so, I love those movies. I'm so happy that they like revived that old, yeah. like move, the, the old kaiju movie genre. Yeah. Like it's so good. And I know you say that about Godzilla. Okay. So, so you could do some homework for me because like my whole point is to try and convince people that terrible movies even still have something to offer. Mm-hmm. So rewatch Godzilla King of the Monsters. Okay. Rewatch it from the standpoint that the humans are the ones who keep fucking that shit up in the movie for themselves. I agree. I, that's easy to see. That's 100% like, easy to see. Like, right there. These like, monsters ain't doing shit. And all of a sudden, these humans are like, oh, nah, we got to reset the earth and everything like that because fuck humans and stuff. And then they're like, surprise Pikachu. Like, oh, the monsters are killing the humans and we can't keep control of the monsters? What? No way. What happened? Why don't we try to help Godzilla? Let's try to help Godzilla by nuking all of the oxygen. Oh, my God. I cracked up in theaters watching it because I do think it's, I I really do enjoy King of the Monsters. Um, But I cracked up because... Like, uh, Mo- you know, like the team up in that movie is Godzilla and Mothra versus, Gi- uh, Gi- uh, how do you pronounce it? Giorda? Uh, Gi- I'm going to, the three headed the yeah. Hydra, basically. Yeah. Him and uh, Rodan team up yes. against Godzilla and Mothra. And I was like, man, there's some heavy dating going on right here. Now, Mothra shows up at the last moment talking about, that's my boo, and suicide yes. bombs to give him her help ridiculous it's so good and then she regenerates they're like yep. oh look we have the little new cocoon of Mothra. Uh-huh. and I- i'm excited to, i'm excited to see godzilla versus kong um i'm i'm very cu- uh, cautious because alexander sarzegard is in it and he's the absolute fucking worst um, oh, you don't like him. <laughs> oh, I talked about it recently, like because we've been talking the stand on on the show recently as well too. Yes. Have you been watching that at all? I haven't. I love the book so much, but I so I don't have CBS All Access, and I refuse to pay for it. That's fair. That that's that's fair. There's not enough on it to justify it just yet. I picked it up honestly just for that because I'm such so, like that's my favorite Stephen King book. Um, I have a we problem. lived through it. What's up? We lived through it and yeah, we were oh God. living through Literally, it. Literally, the stand is what 2020 was, honestly. <laughs> I'm just waiting for some old black woman to show up and say, head to Colorado, where guess what? That's where we are, bitches. We're already here. Uh, I'm just waiting. Um, but uh, I feel he wrecks everything, honestly. Um, I talked about <laughs> True Blood, which we've met a few True Blood people before in our yes. line of work. And 
like True Blood is never going to go down as a good show. Like it was it's funny, not. it was fun, but it's a it's a very very bad show, honestly. And that is the only thing I'm convinced he was any good in, and only because like in a bad show you can look amazing in it. But yes, everything else I've seen him in, he has drug that project down, and it's only dawning on me now with the stand that. Him and James Marston actually already made a movie together. They did a remake of Straw Dogs where Alexander Sarsgaard played the rapist ex-boyfriend and James Marston was the was the lead. But anyway, he's the worst. He's terrible as Randall Flagg. And if he wrecks Kong versus Godzilla, I'm gonna be pissed. Pissed. Oh. Oh. Can't happen. Because it's if you if you see the trailer, watch the trailer. Unfortunately, it seems like they're they're setting him up to take over as the male lead, which is weird because Kyle Chandler is still in the movie from the previous Godzilla film. So it's like, wait a minute, let's just keep him going in this role. I don't need fucking Alexander Sarsgaard showing up wrecking shit now. But. Yeah. Also, like, also let's just be for real. Like those movies are ten times more interesting when you only have the kaiju. Yeah. Like I don't care about the humans running around down on like it's part of why that first godzilla film or like the the first reboot of the godzilla film with aaron taylor johnson wasn't that good i don't think that's a bad movie but the problem was like you're saying they didn't focus on the kaiju they they focused like so much on the goddamn humans and it's like i get it you're setting up to where we don't have to give a shit about any of these humans because spoil uh, i shouldn't spoil it's it's less than 10 years talking about don't spoil yeah <laughs> we won't spoil that but we're setting up to care about all these humans in the first film which we don't even see most of them in these sequels or anything and it's like i don't care because the humans are never going to fight godzilla they're never going to fight king kong they're never right. going to fight mecha godzilla like unless this, this thing is that we're going to get like a pacific rim or a power rangers crossover where the humans can actually do something no you give me yeah. more kaiju fighting and leave it at that, all right? And I think that's why Kong works the best out of those series because you have a lot of human, but it's really the human interactions with the monsters. And at that point, it makes it like a humans versus monsters. Like, oh, the humans yep. are like grossly unprepared for all these fights against the monsters. Like, yep. you did, son. I'm sorry, but you did. And as much as I dis- I-, I did not like Kong Skull Island, I'm going to be real about that. I know people, people really enjoyed it. Um, I have an issue with Tom Hiddleston. I don't think he's good at all. I think people over, like, I, I think Loki went to people's head. Like, I'm not a fan. Um. Brie Larson, I love. Sam Jackson, I love and everything yes. too. Uh, and I do love what you point out that the reason why Skull Island worked so well is because it was humans versus monsters. It was like, yes, the goal is to get to King Kong and eventually he'll have this standoff with, you know, one of these large monsters in the film. But it's really about, hey, you're on this island with a bunch of scary ass things. Let's see how they pick these humans off. And that does work because that's the way it always is. Like even Peter Jackson's King Kong, which I love. That is, that's the 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 standard for me honestly they did that so well too and and kong had his own thing going on you're absolutely right it's like it doesn't work for godzilla because we're not getting these like creepy monsters killing humans it's these monsters just have to step on a human and that's the end basically like yeah you know yeah there's no like there's no like great fight like they try to make it seem like the humans are part of the fight and godzilla king of the monsters but they're really not they're really just they're just fucking shit up for godzilla (laughs) like yeah so yeah no but i will watch the trailer i'm sorry i'm behind on the movie news it was on my list of things to do check mark watch watch the godzilla kong trailer there we go 
All right, Nia. And so um, I, I mentioned this, you know, with, our, with my last guest that I had on here as well, too, uh, because I talked a lot about how um, I want to do, do a live commentary at some point because that is that is so much fun. You know, you, you had mentioned it, Mystery Science Theater 3000 style, and that's the idea. Um, David Steinman, the uh, director and writer of Santa Slay, who I had on last month, he said he'd absolutely come back and do it. So Nia, at some point, we are going to do a live commentary of a film that we'll all select and just sit down and go over together. Can I count on you to come back and do yes, that with us? Yes, yes, yes. Like talking you don't. About. Yes. Yes. I got you. I'm down. There we go. All right, y'all heard it. We're going to see Nia back at some point doing some commentary with us. Nia, again, thank you so much for joining us here on T and Friends Watch a Scary Movie. Folks, I'm going to have the links up here for you so you can check out Nia Has Questionable Taste. Make sure to give it a listen. She's got some great stuff to talk about. Thanks. Yeah. Come listen, please. I'm That's terrible right. about a release schedule, but I try my hardest. <laughs> <laughs> it, it's the hardest thing, but girl, I know you're trekking. I know it. <laughs> okay. That's going to do it for my interview with Nia. Nia, thank you so much for joining me and uh, talking about those great movies by Stephen Summers. Well, at least two of them are pretty great. One of them's not that great at all, which we know which one that is. It's Van Helsing. Uh, Nia, I appreciate you joining us so much. Excited to have you back in some capacity down the line. Uh, that's going to do it. We have some great episodes coming up for y'all over the coming weeks. I recently got a chance to watch new horror film Psycho Gorman, which I am so excited to discuss with y'all. Uh, that's going to be coming in the coming weeks. I have my good friend and host of RBR Weekly Wrestling Talk, Mr. William R. Washington. He's going to join me and we're going to talk horror movies, professional wrestlers. We're talking They Live. We're talking Doom. We're talking See No Evil. We're going to jump in a few and see how wrestlers do when they're making horror films. And we got some other great stuff coming up for y'all, including hopefully a Valentine's Day celebration. We'll see what happens now. Anyway, though, folks, I'm T. We've been talking scary movies. Y'all stay scared and make sure to subscribe. Let me know what you want me to talk about in coming episodes. Take it easy, folks.